Hold on, let me tell you something right now, Trey Crowder. I got the biggest fucking balls in the world. All right, you've seen my balls. They're fucking huge. All they right? are huge. They're ridiculous. That painting okay. right there, you can see them. So my fucking balls are so huge that they are uncomfortable. I can't cross my legs without thinking about it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Can't do it. When I sit down in the toilet, they fucking splash the water, all this shit. They are so uncomfortable. They are so impractical. They fucking suck. They hurt. I squish them all the time. But there's not one woman on fucking earth who is going to buy me a drink because my fucking balls are so goddamn big. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I have the exact same problems that a big-titted woman has, except for none of the benefits. So I ain't trying to hear it. Okay, well, that's fair enough. It's in there. Oh, there we go. Airheads, what's up? <laughs> Welcome back. Definitely include that, Producer Russ. Here we are. Another edition of Putting On Airs with me, Trey Crowder, and you. Corey Ryan Forster, the show wherein two hillbilly dipshits talk about all things fancy. Yes, yes, indeed. So, on this edition... I'm drunk. Okay, that's, I'm not 100% drunk, but it just like... You know, when you're like, there's a point between 70%. No, drunk? I'm just saying there is, you go from not drunk to drunk and it is a one sip thing. And that I, was the sip. I used to call that getting hit by the drunk truck. Yeah. And it's not that like, I'm not right. Like, uh, but getting like hit by the drunk truck. I didn't like, even have a buzz. I mean, frankly, you know, if you're the way I always use that term, let's just keep it real here. If you've ever really fucked with Adderall at all, mm -hmm. right? Something that'll sort of keep you from being drunk. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a like a very uh, sporadic Adderall user when it's around. But if I used to do speed with, like a muff. Right. But if you're fucking with Adderall same. or something like that, and I imagine meth is the same way because Adderall is just legal meth. I've done meth. It? it is right. the same so, way. Yeah. Well, whatever. Something like that. And it kind of keeps the drunk at bay. And yeah. the thing is, you don't realize it. Like, you're just drinking like everything's fine. And then there's a certain point in the night where it wears the speed off. wears off. And that's what I call getting hit by the drunk truck. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're like, holy shit. Yeah. I'm way drunker than I meant to do. So it wasn't that, <laughs> but but I wasn't even really buzzed. And there's so many sips before the buzz, and I just took the buzz sip. Buzz sip hits. The buzz sip does hit. And I'm going to have a couple more. All right. So tonight, you know. I'm been doing my thing. Here it is. Here it is. Venn diagram bringing it together. Bang! Still, still got some more in the tank for y'all. Uh, where fancy people and rednecks overlap tonight. It's on the subject of gambling, baby. Yeah, boy, that's a good one. High rollers. I got and a lot to say about this, dog. Yeah, I, I know. I know you do. Yeah, this. well, we're gonna talk about it, and then there'll be another rendition of history of Professor Cho on the subject of what is it? King George the Third. Mm. Third them motherfuckers. Am I going to understand it if I didn't know about King George the first and second? Oh, man, that's a great point. <laughs> I have thought about that genuinely. Yeah. I've been like, I keep doing Am these... I going to be lost because well, I didn't watch King George 1 and 2? <laughs> I keep doing it. Like, I'll do one of these people, and then I end up talking about their parents, and I'll, I have this, like, anxiety where I'm like, should I have done an episode on the parents first? Because, like, I really kind of want to get into them. So, like, I am doing a little bit of world building here. That's fine. But, no, they all stand alone. Yeah. But that, okay. that's the King George from the whole deal. The whole right? deal. He the was the, deal. Uh, he's called. The King the, George didn't hit for all The them, last king of America. All them tea people. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. He didn't hit. Okay. So, all right. Well, I'll, I'll have a meandering, nigh nonsensical 
thing to say when it comes to telling you what I already know about him, since that is the king. But we'll do all we'll do all that a little later. Uh, first, just a little fun thing I wanted to show you. Now, this is admittedly from a few years ago. You're gonna know it's from a few years ago as soon as we bring it up for very reasons that will be very obvious. But I found this article that popped up just kind of randomly the other day, and it cracked me up. And it's from BBC News, I think. And Big it, Black Cock News, for and the it record. it says, the headline is, Megan closes a car door and some people <laughs> can't handle it. So Megan Markle is married to Prince uh, Harry. She apparently closed her own car door, which... The horror. That don't hit. You can't oh, be doing damn. that. People lost their minds. Of course, they didn't all lose their minds, but plenty of people lost their minds. Some of them in a positive way. A lot of people were like, good for her. Look how down to earth and humble yeah. she is closing her own car. They're, you know... They're not so different from us. Yeah. They close car doors too, and which then, I mean, she was one of us, right? For she a was. While. So and, she's that's why and, she did and that. And then there were other people who were like, "See, you could tell she don't hit." <laughs> That's how you can tell she don't hit. She's out here closing her own door. car door like a goddamn peasant. Oh, my God. Like, and people are like, you know, she broke protocol. Yeah. You can't do that. Protocol is you don't close your own door, goddamn it. That ain't how it works. You got a, you got a car door closer. You got a full-time car door closer. And what's she going to put him out of a job? Now that car door closer, he can't work no more. He can't feed his kids. Whose door... Of a car, is he going to close? If she's just out here Whose closing. Whose door has your man been closing? I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, it's, I have a weird problem with this. I don't know that it's weird until I hear the problem. <laughs> Having a problem with this whole thing is not weird, but go ahead. It just... The protocol and having the... Pro I understand, like, they've just got these things that they do, but, like, to me, to me, a royal... A king, queen, duke, duchess, earl, whatever the Sam, whatever the fuck they are. The whole point of being them and how hard it hits is that they can do whatever the fuck they want. But dude, but they can't. Though, I know. Right? That's, like, that's what's kind crazy. Of the whole thing. They're like, they're kind of. And this is going to make it sound like I'm empathizing with them in a way that I'm not attempting to. I do, do empathize with her but, a little but I'm, bit. Well, I'm not. I don't mean her. I mean the royals in general. I, this isn't me trying to like talk about how hard they got it i'm not saying that but they are kind of held captive right by the rigors I, of tradition i don't think right? it's wrong like, to empathize the, with them in that way it, right it, like I, yeah I, but they everything no, hits no, so hard for no, them in every no, other I know, way like, I, I know i just I know. don't want to come across no as, no <laughs> I, look look yes every oh woe is the, the smallest fiddle in the right, fucking world yeah However, like for they, us, it's a fiddle. Yeah, yeah everybody else plays the world's smallest violin, but me and you, me and you, yeah, the world's yeah. smallest fiddle. Get some of that, devil. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. but <laughs> at the end of the day, they are still human beings who, like, whoever the one that started it, fuck them. But like when when Prince Harry and and William were born, they literally don't know any different, right? And I, I empathize with Harry because, well, number one, Harry's just said, fuck all that shit. I'm done with it. Well, that's when I said you'll be able to tell this is old. Right. It's because now at they're, this they're point, broken that's, away. From, that's from 2018. At this point, everybody knows they have famously said, fuck all that and broke away right. from them. And that was a whole thing. But like, 
so they're in this institution and everything has to be the way it is. And I know everybody's like, well, just fucking do your shit and then your your life is good. But like they still have things that they want to do. They're human beings that still have things they want to do. And they're not allowed to do those things because that goes against rural protocol. And then when they try to break away from those things, people are like, why can't you just stand in fucking line and be royal? You got everything handed to... All I'm saying is, yes, they've they've got a great fucking life. But do they have a great life? It, se- it genuinely I mean, seems... They have all the rich... They rigid- got a pretty hit in life. They, no, no, it's better than being a poor... It's better than being a poor person, but I genuinely... I think my life is You'd better. You'd rather be like a tech billionaire Me. Son I'd rather than- be me. Oh, yeah? I'd rather be me. Like, I don't have billions and billions of dollars but i have autonomy over my own fucking decisions and i make a good fucking living i would genuinely way rather be me than be like if a if a if a, if amber if amber was you don't not, think being a prince was it not for me no because i'm a very expressive person i have things that i want to do and i would not be allowed to do but any of you, those but things but if you had been born yourself but as a prince yes because i would know no different that's that's right. what i would know no different okay but like so but every time we hear through throughout history all these like nero henry the eighth all these people that like they wanted to express themselves another way that went a went a, a, away from like the aristocracy's protocol it caused problems for them you know what i'm saying they wanted to do these other things but they were meant they were like you're meant to do this and it's like fuck you i'm meant to do whatever i want to do you know i genuinely if amber was not in in my in my life and some duchess was like, do you want to get, I don't, I don't, I, knowing with the research that I've done on this, I don't think I'd want to do it. Mm-hmm. I, I think I would literally rather make the living that I make now, being able to write the stories that I do and do the podcast like that. My life is fun. None of that sounds fun. Like you got to fucking put on three different dinner jackets every day and use this fork. And if you don't use that fork, you're a fucking slave or like yeah. whatever, like that don't, that don't hit for me. I mean, yeah, no, I hear you. Like, if you thrust me the way I am today into that environment tomorrow and told me I had to live that way, I would beg and plead to be let out of it. Now, if I was poor, I'd go, fuck yeah, let me do this. I know, but I'm saying, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, they're they're extremely privileged, but I know what you're saying. But they don't ever really get to live. Like, if you're in a place, I get what you mean now when you said, like, me as myself i wouldn't yeah, I trade hit. places with them if you're in a place where you're like doing what you like to do and My you know awesome. you're living comfortably and whatever else then like why would you trade places with them and be fucking strapped that's down? what i think about her like she right. was an act a successful actor she was on seven fucking seasons of suits like she was doing good. Yeah. Well, the seven seasons of suits. no i know that's great that's great it but is that's a great fucking it life is, it is but so like and I agree with you. I do. But I think so many people who are dumber than you would hear like seven seasons of suits compared with being a literal princess. But what more do you need? No, I know. Like, because. Well, I mean, you, maybe she like, just loves him, dog. I, I mean, again, not, that's, they, not, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what the fuck I'm saying. All I'm saying is, like, at a certain point, when you get a, there's a, that's why I look at, like, Bezos and all these motherfuckers. It's like, how many planets do you have to own? Like, how, what do you need in your life? Like, I have a lot of goals right now, and I want to achieve all of my goals, and all of those goals will result in me having more money. But I will tell you right now, the amount of money that I make right now 
offers me a fine life and I could, I don't know, like, I don't need to step on a motherfucker's neck. You know what I mean? I'm doing okay. Like, so like, if you told me, you go, oh, you'll have a billion dollars, but you will have to curtsy and fucking like walk backwards every time you yeah. see your meemaw. I'd be like, fuck that. No, hell no, no. That's I'm with don't you. hit. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I don't, I don't need any more money than I make right now either. And I'll go a step further. We've talked before about the one good lick doctrine. I'm out. Something happens. I hit hard enough, like one time hard enough to just go to an island and be there. I'm out. See you on the beach, baby. I mean, like, I, fucking, y'all catch me on the beach. I, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I'll keep writing at CoreyWritesForYou.com, free plug there, because I enjoy go. doing that. But, like, as far as chasing the shit, like, nah, man. Like, I live, I like, you know, Yeah, but I think I'm a lot happy. of people, what drives them to be the person they are in the first place, like, you're talking about fucking Jeff Bezos or whatever, like, uh, that thing that's in them, like, nothing's ever enough for those I people. I know, I know. And, and it's like a psychological thing. Like, right. nothing can ever be enough. Yeah, right. Mo the only thing that matters to them is more. Right. They, but that's those the people only die thing they, so unhappy. That's the only thing they live for is more. Yeah, because when the only thing that matters to you is getting more, yeah, right. you literally can never be satisfied with what you have. I'm just so my point is, is that I genuinely still do empathize with the people within the royal family who have aspirations to do other things. Yes, because there's still a human being who did not ask to be born mm -hmm. <laughs> and they don't know any different, you know. <sighs> All right, y'all. Our next sponsor is Feels. Now, CBD is not about what you feel. It's about what you don't feel. Stress, anxiety, pain, sleeplessness. And Feels is a better way to feel better. Who don't want to feel better, y'all? We all do. Feels is a premium CBD that will help to keep your head clear and feel your best. It's hassle-free, delivered directly to your door. CBD naturally helps reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. There's no hangover or addiction. Simply place a few drops of feels under your tongue and feel the difference within minutes. The thing to remember about CBD is that finding your right dose is important and everyone's dose is different. In fact, feels offers a free CBD hotline to help guide your personal experience so that you find your own perfect dose. The Fields customer service team is dedicated to making sure you get the best use of your CBD. Joining the Fields monthly membership makes your self-care easy. You'll save money on every order, and you can pause or cancel anytime. Now, Cho, I happen to know you yourself are a massive devotee of the CBD life, oh, yeah. right? Tell us about your experience with Fields. Oh, dude. I mean... I pretty much use CBD the same way as most people brush their teeth. It's just a thing that has to happen. It is a daily part of my routine. Uh, I started using it several years ago to help me relax more at night and also to help with my uh, just overall restlessness and jitters and all that good stuff. And uh, between that and a couple of breathing exercises, I think I finally got it down pat. But seriously, CBD is wonderful and a lot of people are going to be thinking like oh my god i don't want to but it's we it's not it's not the psychoactive part it is the only the the good relaxing part of uh that plant cbd it's not like thc it's wonderful i love it i uh frankly don't go a day without it and do not plan on it so you need to start feeling better with feels become a member today by going to feels.com slash poa we're going to get you 50 percent off your first order with free shipping that's f-e-a-l-s dot com slash 
P-O-A to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Feels.com slash P-O-A. Seriously, get on it, guys. It rules. Who's going to take care of your family if something happens to you? What would they do without your income? If you don't have a plan, you need to go to GoliathLife.com. Get a quick quote for more than 20 carriers. You don't even have to leave the house. If you need a medical exam, they'll send somebody to your house or office. You're in total control. You pick the rates, you pick the payments, you pick the terms. You're in total control, but it gives you and your family peace of mind. What if something happens to your income? Hurry to GoliathLife.com. Yeah. Okay. So, all right, let's get into talking about gambling, baby. Oh, yes. Here we go. Let's get into it. This time we'll hit my good lick. So, uh, gambling is obviously both for rich people and poor people. It just seems like gambling hits for people. It's kind of like getting drunk and fucking. Yeah. Plenty of middle, middle class people do it too. Yeah. Pretty much every class of people gambles. But with rich people, you know, they gamble in a whole nother uh, level. Over a quarter of the wealthiest Americans spent over $25,000 on gambling over the past year, which for a wealthy person is not that much. Really, but twenty five grand a year for over a quarter of the wealthiest Americans is a lot of money because they like Honestly, to be high that rolling. Honestly, that number seems low to me for the richest Americans. Twenty five thousand a year on gambling. Yeah, because I I just figure some of them motherfuckers are dropping twenty five a night. Well, that's, they are. That's they just are. people who don't even gamble. Right. Yeah. Right. No. Yeah. So it's like so the America's wealthiest people spend far and away the lose far and away the most money on gambling but a much larger percentage of regular or poor people gamble Gamble, right so it's just take it out it's just that it's just that they have more money to blow on it right right uh but yeah you know rich people like being high rollers like it's for rich people it's like a it's a everything with them is like it's like I said, and you know, there's some there's more. some rich women's too, but it's like a fucking dick measuring. Right. Co- it's competition. It's besting someone else. It's the fucking like the thrill of it. Like they need a, they need a way to feel something. Right? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And there's not a lot of ways that they can feel something. So you put three hundred thousand dollars on a fucking pony or whatever, like, and that gives you you feel something for right. once, you know, because you don't ever have to feel the fucking terror of not being able to pay your light bill this month or whatever you know what i mean like everything's fucking easy street for you so you have to find a way to manufacture adversity or like uh just challenges for yourself and so a lot of them turn to wagers i can't remember who it was but there was an athlete who was talking about gambling and they were talking about when you're gambling and you have a lot of money they're like what there he goes it has to hurt has actually I think who you're talking about was uh, Bert Kreischer, wasn't it? Yes, I heard Bert on Two Bears talking about he was. Uh, he, he was, was saying, with a high roller, and you know he might have been quoting somebody else. He but was. I remember him saying he was like the reason I don't gamble is because like it's got to be a number that matters to yeah, me, right. a number where it would hurt if I lost. Yeah, but if I won that. I don't know that it would matter enough to me to offset how the much hurt. it would hurt yeah. if I lost. So I but just so don't. It was do some it. athlete told him they go, it has to hurt. Yeah. You know, it has to mean something. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be mostly anecdotes from here on out, but I've got some pretty good ones. I found some uh, stories of rich people, you know, who lost big 
Uh, and you know what? I'm going to come back to this guy. Let's skip this guy. So uh, a lot of these things are people that, like, they'll lose, like, $300,000 playing Baccarat over the What's course. Baccarat? I don't even know. I've it heard ca- it a bunch. It kept coming up Every a lot. Every time I hear it, I think of backgammon, and then I think of badminton, and then I, I think don't know a, what it is. I think of Burt Baccarat. Burt, yeah. Uh, what, was his, what was his big song? Uh, 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 it was from Austin Powers. I know. I'm, I'm embarrassed uh, to say it I'm not cultured so, enough. Here's yeah. an example. There's this guy, Harry Kakavis. Kakavis, I don't know. Also, if it, isn't, if it isn't obvious, anytime I'm looking at my phone, I'm doing fuck. I'm reading my notes here, okay? I'm not just fucking looking at text. I know. Or I've actually been like, Porn. I've been wanting to like bring my computer in or like print So it's more obvious you're people, not just like, yeah. yeah. Because like when I'm on my phone in public, I'm usually reading comic books or reading a book, but I know that every fucking boomer is looking at me like he's texting, you know? And I'm like, no, 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 I'm just, I'm reading an important thing. Yeah, so um, Harry Kakavis is an Australian super rich guy who made all his money in Australian real estate on the Australian Gold Coast. You don't hear about a lot of Australian millionaires. Oh, they got them, though. Yeah. You know they got them, but he used to gamble up to $300,000 per round. He mostly went to the Crown Casino in Melbourne, where he lost $30 million total over the course of all the years. And then this guy, so like while he was going to the Crown, they used to like... They give him all these lavish comps, free rooms, and all this stuff. They would send their private jet to his place to fly him to the casino. Yeah, of course. They give him fifty thousand dollars for free to start know. with. They know because they know. And so that guy ended up taking them to court because one time in one session, this motherfucker lost two point three million dollars. In 28 minutes. Oh, my God. What on Blackjack? $2.3 million in 28 minutes. It doesn't say which game he was playing. he couldn't have been Blackjack. like. But, but yeah, so he took them to court and said they were taking advantage of him because he was a gambling addict, and they, told, and they gave, and they... No, he's an idiot. So, but, I mean, I kind of feel like that's a gray area. With a multimillionaire... I'm not inclined to be sympathetic. You made millions. You're clearly not like you know what you're doing. Right. With a multimillionaire, I don't care as much. But I do think there's something to be said for them being like predatory or whatever. It's like like you don't know, like with drug addicts, it's like like saying Here's a gambling saying a, taste. a gambling addict. Yeah, right. So saying a gambling addict's like, oh, he's just a dumbass. It's like saying the same thing about a drug addict, where I do think that's a disease. Yeah, you know what that's I mean. Fair. And it's like, but I think with a guy that's a multimillionaire, it's like I don't really care all that much. I mean, frankly. that's a whole different conversation. If we're gonna lump gambling addiction into regular addiction, which, I mean, I think a lot of people nope, do, man. I, and and by the way, if we're gonna do that, then you're correct. And casinos are basically like heroin lounges. I mean, that's why that's why casinos they post all over the place. If you uh, have a problem, please. Yeah, yeah they do right. that for like PR and liability purposes and stuff like that because it is like they're like pushers. They're like drug right. dealers, you know? Uh, and I think that shit is super real. But so he took him to court saying all this shit they were doing for him was taking advantage of him, you know, and everything. And uh, they were making a hit. And they ruled against him. And the Australian Supreme Court said that it is not the law's place. To protect gamblers from themselves. So I mean, I'm inclined right. to agree with that a little bit. Personal like, responsibility, like baby. granted, <laughs> like I mean, look, cocaine and heroin aren't legal in this country. If they were, and you were you 
you zeroed in on a motherfucker that like you know he's a cocaine addict and you're like hey i'll fly you over here to our cocaine casino yeah the, maybe but like i don't know this motherfucker's got millions of dollars fuck him take him like so, we got to give the indian something so this yeah indian casinos i'm completely fine with by well, the way well that's what i'm trying to say like yeah, well, I, this dude's in an australian casino i doubt oh, it was right. an, i doubt it was an, an aboriginal casino. casino if it was yeah. an aboriginal casino take him for everything he's got fuck him but no the indian casinos i've always been like dude that's what they, they get. can take us for whatever I they agree. can get i agree i don't care how predatory they are whatever they get from us they fucking deserve well, it also as far the, as I'm concerned, also at like, the end of the day, like if we <laughs> if we really want to go down that rabbit hole, then we got to get rid of bars. You know what I mean? Like, right? We, we no, got, dude, I'm with you. I ain't trying to get. I fucking love casinos. I know that there's addictions, and I know. But at the at the end of the day, I it's you got to have like, dude, some personal responsibility. Like, not even just casinos. I remember one time seeing like a daytime television uh, advertising campaign that kept popping up when I was watching fucking First Take or something, and it was this. Uh, Native American owned like short term loan company. The interest rate on it was literally like it was an insane amount. It was like fucking sixty percent or something crazy like that. Yeah. And I remember even when I saw that, when I first saw it, I was like, dude, that should be illegal. But I literally was like, Well, not for them. Right, right. Like let like yeah. they let them do it. Yeah, for like sure. Fucking, yeah, like they've earned it. The right to victimize us as yeah. much as they no, want to. No, I like, agree. I'm fine like, with like, it, dude. like they gotta get it somewhere, man. Like I'm fucking with that shit right. too. So another guy, another Australian uh tycoon who was a big gambler, the guy named Carrie Packer, right? And this guy once lost thirteen point six million dollars in a three day baccarat stint. So baccarat comes up a lot, whatever it is. But We're I guess, have to figure out baccarat. I guess you can lose a fuck ton of money doing it. But thirteen point six million dollars over the course of three days, which is pretty crazy. But my favorite thing about this guy is if you if you lose thirteen point six million dollars in three days, how much you got? No, I know, dude. It's crazy. Or did he have thirteen point no, six that, million dollars? No, no. They they all have. That's one thing that comes up a lot with these people is like they can afford to lose it. Right. Most of them. Like Michael Jordan be doing that shit all the yeah, time. Yeah, he's on this list. But yeah. so my favorite thing about this guy is he's part of a very famous anecdote amongst gamblers, apparently. And I don't this you know this is anecdotal. I don't know if it's true, but story that I found multiple times reading these gambling articles about this guy Kerry Packer. He was once at like a craps table with a loudmouth Texan oil guy wearing a cowboy hat just and like a fucking wearing bolo a cow tie. And a bolo tie. Just get it, baby. Get it, baby. This some bitch was low. He's even holding the hands up. This some bitch was both rooting and tooting. You know what I mean? And just and a son of a bitch. Just being a dipshit, right? And he wasn't hitting for nobody at this high rollers craps table at this Texan and Carrie Packer, the guy we're talking about, asked him, you know, what he did or whatever, and then he asked him, How much are you worth? And the guy goes, I'm worth a hundred million dollars, motherfucker. Ooh. And Carrie Packer goes, All right, I'll flip you for it. <laughs> Jesus. Did he? Yeah, no, no, it shut him up. Whew, that's a baller that's move. That's a fucking big dick move. Bro, yeah. I will flip you for a hundred million dollars. Look at this dude. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. That dude has some bad thoughts that he does not want tweeted. <laughs> yeah, no, dude. But then there was another guy, a uh a Chinese Mexican business, so really don't hit for our papas. So you know? glad my uncle yeah. cannot, is dead. And Zen Lee Yay gone. <laughs> Zen Lee Yay gone. 
who uh, was How a big hard time. do you think his rice hits? <laughs> <laughs> God damn. Like fucking double Those, up those on two that peoples mother. do hit real hard Woo! at rice. There ain't no doubt about it. We don't even know what to do with this chicken. But this dude gambled so much that the Venetian Resort Hotel gave him a free $300,000 Rolls Royce. That's what's up. One time. Because that was a drop in the bucket compared to the amount that he, he lost. So if you're gambling there and losing that much right. money and you show up and they give you a $300,000 car for free. Yeah, right. Like imagine the amount of money you're throwing away of there, course. you know. And and Michael Jordan's on here. We're not going to go too deep into this. I feel like almost everybody's heard it at this point. But there's a lot of rumors that Michael Jordan, everybody knows he's a crazy gambler. But there were there's a conspiracy. Rumors that his daddy. There was a conspiracy theory that. His dad was murdered because of his gambling, gambling debts, debts, and also that's why he left. The that's league. why he. That's why he retired was because of all that. Right. Yeah. So, and again, we of course are not saying none of that's true. That's just shit. But people say I'll be about honest him. with you, I've dug into them shits. I've nine eleven truthered that Michael Jordan shit. Baby, do not like, libel Michael Jordan on the podcast. I'm not. Right? I'm, not <laughs> I'm not. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If one wanted to believe, one could believe for sure. So. There's another guy, Archie. I mean, this motherfucker was in a car. Archie Karras, who was a, unlike these other people, his money didn't come from somewhere else. He was just a gambler, just a professional gambler, right? And this dude won and lost tens of millions of dollars multiple times throughout his life. Like He, he did not know when to hold them. Nor fold, fold them. them. Nor fold them. Yeah, but he got up to like sixty-five million dollars at one point. Lost Jesus it all, Christ. and then got. But then got back up to like thirty million. Lost it all, and he did that like four or five different well, that's times. The thing. Right? Once you get up, you gonna get down again, right? Because they don't like walk the fuck away. See, like I walk. That's I'm a good gambler. I'm a great gambler. Like when I if I go in there and I hit and I get up, I fucking leave mm-hmm. because I'm not a degenerate and I don't have that addiction. No, I do this. Well, I, I, I mean, give myself honestly, a, a, a honestly, Kenny. I mostly lose, but my, uh, I'm great. My, I mean, blackjack is my game. I've won in one day when we were in West Hollywood, not you West both. Hollywood, when we were in Hollywood, Florida, one time doing shows. I won thirty two hundred dollars <laughs> in one day on blackjack, and that's like the hittingest I've ever done. And what'd your boy hit on roulette? Twelve hundred. Yeah, sitting there in ten minutes. That's right, and. I can't. I won that thirty-two hundred dollars. I won the first. I yep. won twenty-four hundred that morning, and and then like eight hundred that night. But that morning, I won twenty-four hundred dollars. You were in your room, and I went up there and knocked on the door, and you opened it, and I hit play on "Can't Tell Me Nothing" by Kanye West, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and I start naked. My and it was like, duh, duh, duh. and then when I walked in and threw the money up <laughs> yeah. in there, and <laughs> and, <laughs> and no, hold on, hold on. I ain't letting you get away with this. I ain't letting you get away with this. You picked up all the money, and yeah. then as you were leaving, you put a hundred dollar bill on yep. my forehead and go buy yourself something. Yeah, no, I, Fuck yeah. I think Fuck yeah. I think what I said was, "Daddy takes care of his boys." That's it. <laughs> that's it. That's what it was. Daddy takes care of his boys. Yeah, that's what it was. So, all right, the last guy on the list. I actually, wonder if my mom wanted to bang this guy. By the way, look at Ken, look Come at on. fucking Kenny Rogers' son. Hell yeah, dude. There's a man who knew both when to hold them and to fold them. And so, to walk away, sure did. So the first guy on the list who I'm circling back to now is a Japanese guy named Akio Kashiwaga, right? And this guy uh, was a major gambler, a whale. 
uh, a whale. A whale. That's what they call it. You know, and what? Why they call them that? Because it's just big. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The high rollers are called. Whales. I didn't know if it was like an acronym and it was racist. no, no, like whale, like the animal whale. Yeah, They're whale. Just a He's whale. a big whale. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of meat on them. Yeah. Right. Know? So uh, he made a shitload of money, gambled like a motherfucker, and. The exact nature of his wealth was unknown. Mm. He always listed his profession as just business. Yeah, <laughs> like I just hit a business. I'm just, ja- I'm just. Japan Y'all heard business. of business? Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. yeah, Japan business. Yeah, I'm the dude. I'm over that guy. There. I'm the best dude at Japan business <laughs> you ever seen. Yeah. Hey, you trying to do some Japan business? Yeah, call me. What's up? That motherfucker runs Nintendo. He ain't got shit on me. <laughs> He's number two Japan business. I'm number one Japan business, right? So this dude regularly played Baccarat. Who can remember the again? other dude make some fucking insane rice? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So here's Baccarat again. This guy played Baccarat for between $100,000 and $200,000 a hand. Jeez. One yes. hand. 100 to 200K, right? We got to find out what the fuck Baccarat is. Right. So, uh, so here's a story with fucking Donald Trump, apparently. Oh, good. Kashiwagi made a special deal with Donald Trump at Donald Trump's casino. He was going to play Baccarat until he either won or lost $12 million, right? Kashiwagi was, uh, he was up by $10 million at one point, right? So he's almost at 12. Then his luck turned sour. He lost it all. Plus an additional ten million, so now he's down ten million dollars, and Trump reportedly cut him off at ten million dollars down, which pissed him off because I he can't was like, "Believe he did that?" Because shit. he was like, "No, I told you it's twelve million, right? One way or the other, you know." And wait, uh, so Trump was looking out for him? I mean, I guess that's weird. But uh, so they said that he he once sat at a baccarat table and played a hundred thousand dollars a hand for 80 hours straight right jesus that's doc holiday but here's the craziest thing about this motherfucker Wait, 80 Although, hours how many days is that i'm fucking more than so three three and a half three, three and eight hours three days and eight hours no 80 72 is three days right yeah, seventy two is three days oh, so wait, three days and eight hours working hours you're right. right you're right you're right uh so anyway but here's the craziest thing about this motherfucker. Well, maybe not, considering everything I just said. But I told you he was like... Yeah, trust me. What the he, craziest thing about this motherfucker is, ain't on the internet. But he... I don't know. Listen to what I'm about to say. But anyway, he listed his rep, his profession as business, right? He Japan business. Mm-hmm. His high roller days came to an end when he was found murdered in his Mount Fuji home. Mm. His body was riddled with an estimated 150 wounds from a samurai sword. God damn. The murder has never been solved to this day. So clearly. He seppuku'd his that ass. Mother, no. Not 150 times? <laughs> 150 times? No, dude. They're resilient people. That motherfucker was Yakuza. Yeah. He was Japanese mafia. Of course. He had I mean, to be. Clearly. Right. And the other factions of the Japanese mafia fucking killed him with How a many? samurai sword. They had a fucking Yakuza ninja assassin come into this dude's house in the present day and stab him 150 times with a samurai How sword. How many of those do you that think were... That shit's fucking wild, dude. How many of those do you think were glamour stabs? Like, a bunch. A bunch. Because like... Dude. Most you got to figure them. five, he's dead. 
Right, especially dude, with a for sword, sure. like you're going to the heart first. Dude, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like they just were like, that's what that's what I mean. It's like it's it was fucking a sending it a was message. A yes, he did some bad shit to the wrong people in the fucking universe that he was fucking around in. Being and, stabbed, ain't and it. he got fucking sorted out. Mm. You know what I mean? Fucking all right. So I need to be quick about this because we're we're going to get to Professor Cho. But I got I got some other anecdotes about the strangest. No, bet, do your thing, baby. The strangest bets ever made, and there's some good shit in here. Um, so this ain't really about fucking fancy people or poor people. It's just the the weirdest bets ever made that people know about. So there was a married couple who bet on a football game, and the wager was. It was a Bears fan and a Green Bay Packers fan, right? They're and, married? Yes. And uh That's a great the house man, divided. The man was the Bears fan, the woman was the Packers fan, and the bet was whoever wins gets to tase the other one. <laughs> Which feels the like there's some other thought, stuff going on. Yeah, for sure. That right. Sounds like Corey's done that. Yeah, yeah, Corey's right. done that with his wife. Yeah, for sure. So I would love to tase my wife. So the Bears won. And the dude tased his old lady. Oh, no. Right? What do you think she did? Died. Called the police and reported her. <laughs> and reported his ass and got him arrested for felony possession of a weapon and fucking assault. Wait, you can't have what? a taser? I mean, I don't know how that. State, I mean, I, I guess it depends by state or whatever. But either way, what a fucking Welsh what ass a bitch, dude. Fucking Packers fan, <laughs> ass fucking back bitch. your shit up. Wait, what game was this? Like how? Oh, was it was like. Oh, by the way, I can't say Welsh ago. almost. Oh yeah, well, that's that's uh that's offensive to Welsh people. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> sorry, for Welsh we, people. We won't do that again. Sorry, Welsh people. Yep, we love you. But anyway, how much of a wife move is that, dude? dude? That's the most wife move. And because you know the cops wasn't trying to hear it, they show up and he's like, "What's he gonna do?" He's like, "I mean, I taste your ass, but oh shit, he got a knee in his back." Fucking First off, let floor. me tell you something. If I tase my wife after a bet and then she reached for the phone, she getting a tase again. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Dang, there's not, there's no calling the fucking cops. You're getting a tase again. Yeah. Okay. So this one reminded me of a joke. I'll tell the story briefly and then tell the joke. I hope it plays. Apparently, and I never knew this was a real thing, but in 2004, a guy named Ashley Ravel sold everything he owned, clothing included, I guess, except one pair of clothes, took everything he got from that, all the proceeds from selling everything he owned, went to a roulette table and bet it all on a single spin. That's what's up. And it landed on red. He doubled his money and walked away nice. and made it hit. I've oh, done my that. God. So here's the joke. A man's working at his job. All of a sudden, a voice comes on in his head and says, Quit your job. Sell the house. Go to Vegas. Quit your job. Sell the house. Go to Vegas. And it won't stop. He puts it off for a couple weeks. It keeps going. So finally, he acquiesces. Quits his job. Sells his house. Takes all the money. Goes to Vegas. He gets off the plane. The voice goes, Go to the Bellagio. Go to the Bellagio. So he walks into the Bellagio and he's like, Go to Roulette table number three. Roulette table number three. He walks up to roulette table number three. The voice says, put it all on 17 black. Put it all on 17 black. He puts it all on 17 black. The, they drop the ball. It rolls around and around and around and around. It finally comes to stop on 32 red. And the voice goes, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> 
Isn't that fucking great? Uh, that's a wonderful joke. That's great, dude. It's that's, great. A, that's a wonderful joke. <laughs> that's so simple. Yeah. It's right. got one punch. Yeah. That's money. Yeah, I fucking love Isn't that Isn't it weird joke. that you don't know who wrote that joke? Dude, yeah. we talked about that that's before. The, whoever these dudes are that, that are writing these street, street jokes, jokes are brilliant. Unreal. I want to do a whole brilliant. podcast I'm just on street I'm a fucking professional comedian, jokes. and I think about trying to craft a street joke like that, and I'm it. so daunted Dude, by the prospect of trying to it's do unreal. that. We should do, the, for later, and y'all tell us if you're into this, we should do a whole podcast that's nothing but us having a guest telling us their favorite street joke yeah. and us analyzing that street joke. Because I agree with you. It makes no sense that the best jokes I've ever heard, I do not know who authored them. Right. The best jokes I've ever heard. I mean, you're right. Yeah. I do and not know who authored them. them. Every one all of them. them. Right. Yeah. They're way better than anything, crazy. any fucking comic I've ever heard. It's crazy. All right. So I'm going to speed through some of these. Uh, so another one was... Um, a bet between a publisher named Bob Surf at Random House and an author he knew named Theodore Geisel. Surf bet Geisel $5 that he would not be able to write a book with less than 50 words in it. Geisel took the bet and wrote Green Eggs and Ham under his pseudonym nice. Dr. Seuss. Yeah. And uh, apparently, <laughs> according to legend... 50, in, 50 unique words. Yeah, right. Yeah. And according to legend... Never got that five dollars from oh, Surf. Yeah. What a piece Come of on. shit surface. Five dollars? You can't give him five dollars for this million for the dollar landmark idea. of fucking children's literature or whatever. Yeah, it's he fucking, hated the Jews too. It's fucking crazy. This guy, you might remember because I remember this guy because I remember him on the. He did hate the Jews, I think. Yeah, right? Didn't he? Didn't he hate well, the Jews? I mean, he hated the blacks. He at hated least. the Chinese a lot. Yeah, Who, and Dr. I just Seuss? assume if you hate the Chinese, Dr. Seuss definitely hated the Chinese. But I everybody hated like well, hate one of them. them. No, no, no. It might have been the Japanese. I just always feel like if you, you hate, hate one of them, you hate all of them. Yeah. Unless you're one of them. Unless you're one of them. Th yeah. Because some of them hate one of the other ones, but I'm not all saying, the other I'm just saying, like, I don't know. Racism is very complicated. I don't know anyone who's like, fuck the Jews, who's like, I love the Japanese. Mm -hmm. Like, they're always just <laughs> at least I don't know, dude. The Japanese in particular, there's this whole subculture of people who well, Japan because of the super, war. super, super hits for. Yeah. Weebs, yeah. they're called. Yeah. But and the I bet there's, I bet you there's some weebs who do not like the Jews. You don't think none of them true. don't like the Jews? I bet my, some of them don't like the Jews. My papa probably liked Jews because but, of religion, but like there was that whole, he was in the war So thing. didn't like Japanese, yeah. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, racism's wild. So <laughs> this guy, you might remember, because I remember him because I know he was on the man show, the original man show, because I remember it. A guy named Brian Zimbick, who was a gambler famous for his bizarre wagers, right? He bet a guy one time $100,000 that he wouldn't get fake titties put on himself. Oh, I'd do that for, for a year, for one year. Right, you get them off. Not man. only did he get the fake titties and get the hundred thousand dollars, but he kept the fake titties forever after that. Why wouldn't and you? I mean, you never see that episode of the Man Show. He came on the Man uh -uh. Show and pulled his man no, titties I didn't out, see that. and they looked just like titties, dude. Jack you know, off yourself in the mirror. They was titties. Yeah, that like. If that isn't a fucking testament to how hard having titties hurts, oh, I mean, dude, I guess, having you know, titties I, is. I mean, I guess for your back, you know. No, I mean, like, they dude, say that. I think titties hit for everybody, even the pay like, 
Women, straight women, gay women, gay dudes, straight dudes, like everybody likes titties. Let me titties, fucking man. tell you something right now, everybody Trey Crowder. Likes hold on, hold on. Let me tell you something right now, Trey Crowder. I got the biggest fucking balls in the world. All right, you've seen my balls. They're fucking huge. All they right? are huge. They're ridiculous. That painting okay. right there, you can see them. So my fucking balls are so huge that they are uncomfortable. I can't cross my legs without thinking about it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Can't do it. When I sit down in the toilet, they fucking splash the water. All this shit. They are so uncomfortable. They are so impractical. They fucking suck. They hurt. I squish them all the time. But there's not one woman on fucking earth who is going to buy me a drink because my fucking balls are so goddamn big. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I have the exact same problems that a big-titted woman has, except for none of the benefits. So I ain't trying to hear it. Okay, well, that's fair enough. I need to move on, so I'm going to stop with gamble. Actually, no, God damn it. Okay. We didn't even get to the redneck part. Every redneck we know fucking oh, yeah. loves scratch-offs, love bingo, it. fucking... Uh, tell that story real quick about you being on the road running out of gas and gambling. First time, and I had never even really played the lottery before which is crazy because like i you know i'm from the south but i come from the south and like you know my like i'm not white trash you know no I'm, you're not i'm a good old boy uh i actually like became white trash for a minute like i kind of like grew into it but i was not born white trash so like we didn't like my parents didn't play the lottery and shit like that it wasn't really a thing but I always knew that it was a thing, and like it was always kind of look. I'll be I'll be honest with you, it was always kind of looked down on. It was always just like, look at these motherfuckers over here. Like, why don't you just fucking do something? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And now that I get older, I'm like, yeah, man. Like they, <laughs> this is their hope. Like they 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 don't have anything. Also, dude, like they've got to do. I this. am white trash, very much so. And it still was. That I way. don't. I don't. I ne I almost never play the lottery. But every now and then, I'll buy some scratch-offs yeah, just because I think it's fun. It, no, it is fun. You know, well, so now that like I people, have money, People that matter. go in there every single day and buy yeah. fucking tickets, I mean, they got a problem. No, they do have a problem. You know, but, like, well, I don't think there's anything wrong with just no, fucking with it every no, now and then. No, there's not. There's not. It's a like, good time. But, like, just like see, any, Just like anything, if you're an addict, you right, can't do that. Right. But I used and to also, work Katie's family is very conservative in a lot of ways. Like, they're not, they aren't, they're not big drinkers. They're not partiers or nothing like that. But they, uh, and I guess this is kind of funny thinking about it. In, That's their vice. In Katie, not, it's not even a vice. They don't do it that often, but in everybody, all the adult stockings every year, Katie and her sisters and me and her sister's husbands and stuff, they buy a bunch of lottery tickets and put right. them in there. And this it, it could it fucking, be the best present you ever right. got. And it always but fucking. But it could be nothing. And it hits so hard. No, we everybody. We all sit no, there and no, fucking we did scratch that. them we off. We did that shit. Yeah. That, yeah, we that's, did that. Well, that's all great. No, that's fucking. I'm not. I'm just saying, like, I worked at a gas station. For right. a while, and so you, you saw the, the people coming in there every right, day, right? Every day, and now some of them would hit, but like I would have tally in my head. I was like, they're about even. You know what I mean? Like they would break, and like they would come in. Like if they won something big, they'd tip us. You know what I mean? They'd be like, because we they they come in, they go, they go, what's hitting today? And we're like, well, the uh, jumbo bucks here. People have been buying the shit out of this, and it ain't hit like a, it ain't hit at all. So it's due. You know what I mean? And they would get it, and they would go out five hundred bucks. They'd come in, give me ten bucks, you know. So now that I, you know, I've got a little bit of money. Like I, when I go to the gas station, every now and then I go, ah, eh, ten dollars ain't shit. 
to lose. I don't. It don't hurt to lose. But if I did hit that shit, that would be rad. So I'll fucking do it. Get a free ticket. I usually let the free ticket slide for a while. But the first time I ever played the lottery, like all my friends have played it and shit like that, but I never played it. I'm in Athens, Georgia. We'd gone down for a Georgia football game. I cannot remember the football game. Uh, I don't even know if we won or we lost because we fucking same situation. If we won or we lost, I had the same time. You know what I mean? It was fun. So hanging out. I go down there with a certain amount of money. Like, I didn't have a credit card. I didn't have a debit card. I didn't have none of that shit. So, like, whatever money I had was the money I fucking had, you know? So, like, I would go, okay, this is how much it will cost me for gas. This is how much it will cost me at the bars. This is how much. And then I'll come. Okay, we're good. I go down there. Uh, we're drinking. We're having a good time. Well, you know, somebody had some Coke or some shit like that. And I'm like, fuck it. I got to get the Coke. So, I do. And then I'm like, okay, I've got this amount of money. Uh Huh. I think that's enough to get me gas to the way home. Fill up my tank, start driving. Well, God damn it, if I don't, I'm start, I'm running out of gas. Come about fucking, I want to say Atlanta, Georgia, something like that. Close to Atlanta, Georgia, I'm running out of gas. I'm like, fuck, man. I I I, did, I wasn't bare bones in it, but I was like, I had to pull over because I was like, I had to think. I was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do, man. Like, we don't have any money. How the fuck am I getting... I can't call my dad and say, come pick me up in Atlanta. So I pull over at the gas station, and I just go, fuck it. I walk... I had $5. That's all I had was $5. No, no, no. That's not true. That's not true. It was a lucky seven, so it was $1. I had $1, and I walk into the gas station and buy a lucky seven. And I'm like, we're going to see. Scratch that motherfucker off. $700 fucking dollars. Gas, boom, home, had enough to get back to Athens the next goddamn weekend. And I have yeah. been that lucky my whole fucking life. That's true. Life. That's such a used story. See, if you was like, if you was real, real white trash, yeah. you would have walked back in there and been like, let me get me 20 of them right. number five. Exactly. I can't quit exactly. on a heater, baby. No, but I, but I, but like, <laughs> I agree with that most of the time, but I had to get the fuck home. Like, I, I'm the can't quit on a heater guy in a certain situation, but like I usually got my wife there to be like, why don't you just quit on this heater? 100% true story. I have seen him two different times. And if you understand gambling, this is wild. I've seen him two different times with my own eyes. We always like we go to the casino. We'll have a certain set of money, a certain amount of money we're gonna uh, gamble with. And once that's almost gone, we're done. And we do. And he and we do. And we. Do. I've always done it. Me I've too. never gone past it. When that's gone, I'm done. Sports gambling, same way. Two separate times, he had said, "I'm a gamble with this much," and he got down to five dollars left or whatever. Twice. Two times, he took his five dollars, walked up to a roulette table. Put it down on number nine, said, McNair. this is for McNair, Steve McNair, Tennessee Titans, and hit that shit on the nine both times and won $600 or however much that is for a Let five. It ride, baby. I've seen him do that twice. My fucking, the night I got engaged, I won 1800 bucks. Yeah. And Amber had to drag me away from that motherfucker because she was like, you got it. We're good. And yeah. I was like, okay, I'm a There's survive. so many other like fucking like white trash uh, gambling things that I could tell, but we need to get to Professor Cho. So let's get to Professor Cho, okay? Right after this. 
dinner's unavoidable, and uh, it's something we have to plan around almost every day. And when you think about the time that goes into deciding what to eat, shopping, prepping, cooking dinner, it really adds up. And especially for a dude like me who's always on the go and doesn't really have that much of a schedule, uh, it's really nice to have things like every plate. And sure, there's alternatives like takeout and delivery, and they're convenient, but they can quickly burn a hole in your wallet. So every plate is America's best value kit. Every plate helps you skip the tedious trips to the grocery store and delivers everything you need to cook consistently affordable and delicious meals. Choose from 17 weekly recipes and then, well, just sit back and they'll deliver pre-portioned ingredients and easy-to-follow recipe cards. I'm telling you, so easy to follow recipe cards right to your front door. They have quality ingredients. They come carefully packaged and pre-portioned, preventing you from buying things that you end up tossing out. We've all seen that wilty lettuce in the drawer. You know who you are. (laughs) It's super easy and the easiest way to uh, eat affordably delicious super delicious dinners that won't break the bank plus we've got a discount for you that we'll get to in a minute yeah cho listen i'm a huge devotee of this stuff you know it i love every plate i i i mean honestly once i started the meal delivery service life i never looked back you know because i love cooking and it makes you feel like you're a hell of a cook even if, you know i mean i think i am a hell of a cook but even if you're not i promise you every plate can get you there all right i like the I, the other day i made the chicken and mushroom risotto perfect example of what i'm talking about risotto you be making risotto on your own probably not but every plate gets you through it by the end of it you're like hot damn i made a risotto that's fancy three-star mess right there you can't beat it the other thing that i love about every plate is that i always had a real bad habit of buying too much, too many groceries at the store. And a lot of it would end up going bad. And I hate being wasteful and I hated how that would happen. But what else are you going to do when food goes bad? You got to throw it out. Well, now you don't have to worry about that with every plate. You know, they give you exactly the amount you need. You don't have to worry about wasting anything. It saves time on those busy weeknights. It saves you money. I cannot recommend it highly enough. So right now, you can try every plate for just $1.79 per meal. What? $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering the code POA179. So get started with every plate for just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering the code POA179. One last time, that's everyplate.com. Promo code POA179, and you can get started for $1.79 a meal. You can't bait that with a stick, y'all. That's a $104 value. Come on now. And we thank everybody for sponsoring the podcast. Our next partner here has a product that, no joke, I use literally every day. Just part of my routines. Athletic Greens. I started taking Athletic Greens because we're on the go all the time in planes and cars. I don't really have a schedule. I'm just kind of... Every single day is just insanity. And I've been trying to be a little bit more nutrition first lately. And sometimes I just don't have time to sit there and get all the square meals and get all the nutrients that I need. And I also don't really like taking pills says the redneck, (laughs) but you know, the vitamins are, they're gross tasting, they smell weird, but this stuff actually tastes great, it's got like a fruity taste to it, and been using it, 
And I absolutely love it. I feel better. I feel like I got more energy. It's just Athletic Greens is is part of my daily life. Yeah, Cho. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All of the things, y'all. I personally take it uh, because, you know, my gut's been the type to be wrong in my life and it aids in my digestion, which is always much appreciated by your boy here. I like to, I'm a creature of routine. I get up in the morning, go in there, mix up some athletic greens, get it down before I do anything else. It's a great way to start the day. It's kind of green and earthy looking, but I would say it has a lightly tropical type of taste. It's very smooth and uh, very pleasant in my opinion. So I am a fan. Athletic Greens is lifestyle friendly, y'all. It don't matter whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, either way, it works for you. AG1 is a small micro habit with massive benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take better care of yourself. AG, AG1 costs you less than $3 a day. That's nothing. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. All right. So right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for yourself and for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash POA. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash POA to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Athleticgreens.com slash POA. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Are you feeling stuck making minimum payments on your credit card debt? Savewithconrad.com can help, and you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Get rid of your credit card debt and lower your monthly payments right now at savewithconrad.com. All right, y'all, it's time for History of Professor Cho on the subject of King George III. George III. Who was the king in the American Revolution. Last right? king of America. Last king of America. So, motherfucker loved, he loved, loved taxation without representation. His yeah. his, his tea, his tea pissed us off. Mm, threw it. Fucking, he, right oppre down there he oppressed the us with his tea. Mm -hmm. It was bullshit. And we handed him that L in 1776. Mm -hmm. That's everything I know about King George III. So uh, go ahead. That is <laughs> that is all very accurate. And we, of course, you know, me and you, all Americans, have always everything that we've ever seen on this fucking dude is just he is. I mean, what's the what's the worst villain in in movies? Like he's Voldemort. The, he's Voldemort. He's that fucking guy. 
And the more I'm reading about this son of a bitch, like, I don't think that he was that guy. Okay, well, one thing I didn't mention, I because we talked earlier, like, you know, I've seen Hamilton a couple of times because I'm cultured, obviously. Uh, but I, like, in other movies over the, like, I don't really think of him as Voldemort. I think of him as more of, like, a sort of, like, pompous, aloof, privileged, and not present ruler who's just kind of like, tell them what to do i thus decree this and they, were, and they were like oh america that don't hit for them and he's like i don't care what hits for them i'm king george they are my subjects i'm not saying that that's accurate i'm saying i picture him uh, that way as more than like like a fuck, like a, a evil, tyrant. like an evil tyrant. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's that's the version of him that I have in my head. No, and that's actually probably more like actually how it was. Like I listened to preparing for this episode, I listened to a lot of podcasts about him, uh, and a lot of them were British podcasts. Which, for the record, is crazy because I've never even thought about hearing it from an other perspective. Right. Yeah. It, Why would we're Americans? We're, we're, we don't do that. Yeah. We're like, no, we hit, we won. Fuck y'all. But but I'm saying like I've, I've I ain't trying to hear nothing else. No, but like I've listened Scoreboard, motherfuckers. <laughs> but I've actually listened to like World War Two from different perspectives and yeah. stuff like that. But this one just always felt different to me because this is the the advent of our country right yeah it has to be this it has to be this you know what i'm saying thomas jefferson and them had to be right that there's no way that they're not this is a fucking we're, it was a king kings fucking suck because we grew up with presidents mm -hmm. and a fucking senate and a division of power and all that stuff so like we look at the monarch as like that ain't it which for the record it ain't it but because of that, I've always just been like every single thing that I have heard is 100% true because it has to be. And it never crossed my mind to think about Thomas Jefferson and George Washington and all these dudes who owned slaves yeah. who were they were never assholes. You know what I'm saying? They were never assholes until I grew up. In your perception. In my perception, right. they were never assholes. Yeah, they were heroes. They were heroes. Yeah, right. And I was listening to uh, this one guy was talking about, I can't, I can't remember what his name was, but he wrote a, he wrote a book on King George III, Anthony or something. He's, he just wrote a uh, King George III biography, so whoever that is, he's the one that did that shit. And he was talking about how just the, the, the hypocrisy of all that shit. And for the record, he ends up landing on America did the right thing, even though he's British. But I'm hearing it from this different perspective for the first time. And it's just fucking insane. To, you're going, oh, well, Thomas Jefferson was right. He wrote this fucking thing. The king's a fucking tyrant. And he talks about how, like, in the Declaration of Independence, there are 27 clauses or whatever. And... In his mind, even though America did the right thing, only two of those clauses were actually fucking true, like about him being a tyrant. The rest of it was just wartime propaganda. Mm -hmm. And we don't think about that. That history is so set in stone. When we're thinking about like Trump 
and fucking Ukraine and Russia and shit, we're all seeing every single side that's happening right now in real time. But that shit was printed on a fucking piece of paper, right. and this is the shit that America is, and by right. God, it has to be fucking right. Yeah, history's written by the victors, man. Of course it is. But this fucking guy, he wasn't that bad of a guy. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, again, like most of these British motherfuckers that I hear talking about this go, yes, the American Revolution was inevitable and they should have done it. They absolutely should have done it. British motherfuckers have been colonizing people forever. And even though that technically America was them and yeah. they was us mm -hmm. and all that shit. They were well within their rights to be like, you know what, man, we're fucking hitting over here. Fuck you. But when Thomas Jefferson writes about this guy as a complete tyrant, he wasn't really that. He was kind of, uh, especially if we're talking about on this episode and further episodes where I'm talking about Nero and I'm talking about King Henry VIII, as far as that goes within the monarchical system, this guy was a fucking peach. I mm -hmm. mean, he was Bernie Sanders. And I don't mean that in terms of like his actual like uh, policies. I just mean that he was just a sweet fucking guy. You know what I'm saying? So he also suffered from mental illness. And there's a the, the, the two things this guy is known for are losing America, which didn't hit for them. No, it didn't hit for them. And also it's just not something that happened to them right yeah like, right the, the the things that we talk about in terms of like oh we look at it one way and it's really uh there's two sides of the story what we did was badass as fuck mm -hmm. we went against believe the, that but i'm saying like i'm sitting here telling you like look man it's not all that was written down thomas jefferson owned slave but our fucking revolution was bad fucking ass and i'm <laughs> yeah. and I've, but, yeah. I, but i'm saying i've always believed that as an american motherfucker but now listening to all these british podcasts even they will say they're like that's fucking badass man they're like you got like that the, like the british empire didn't fucking they didn't take l's right you know mm -hmm. what i mean they did not fucking take l's and like y'all served us a l that's pretty fucking badass so he's known for like two things which is a losing america which is crazy and two, uh, they called him the Mad King, which is unfortunate because what he suffered from was depression, pretty much. But back then, they did not have no. that. That's not a thing you could have. I mean, which makes sense to me because when I was in high school, that was not a thing you could have. But right. You know what I'm sure. saying? Yeah. But he he suffered from bouts of depression. And uh, I want to get down. Hold on. Let me read this. Where was his fucking... They were just like, oh, yeah, he's being haunted by the spirits of his ancestors so this, in the midday. Yeah. So that's his doctors. Yeah. You do a great bit right. about it. But these were the remedies for George III's illness. And I'm reading this and this is coming straight from Britannica.org. In response to George III's suffering, physicians recommended the straight jacket and the <laughs> gag. <laughs> So this fucker is depressed. I'll make him less sad. Put him in a straight jacket and a gag. At times, he was fastened to a chair, and at other times, he was cupped. 
Yeah. All right. This involved. Like, y'all, this ain't working. Bring a bucket of ice water in here and throw <laughs> that on him. <laughs> Nothing's working. So cupping, this involved, which I kind of think that, like, uh, hipsters now just do this on purpose, like the cupping situation. Cupping's definitely a thing. This yeah. involved applying heating cups to his body in order to create blisters, which were then drained because they thought that all the humor, yeah, the insanity was right. in the blood. Yeah, which would be drained out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Lord God, dude. Later, past did not help. No, it didn't. Later, professionals in the King's service instead advised drugs and methods of calming. Uh, the last years of George III's life were compounded by deafness and senile dementia for his cataracts. He had cataracts. I'm going to ask you right now, and I want you to give me your top five fucking guesses, and I guarantee you, you won't fucking know it. He had cataracts, which we all know what that is. How did they treat his cataracts? I'm giving you five guesses. Cut his arm open and let him bleed for a while. No, nope, but a that's bowl. a good guess. Uh, a priest. No, nope, that's a good guess. Threw a bunch of mushrooms in his face. Nope, that's actually, you're getting warmer. <laughs> okay. You're getting warmer just because mm. of the implication. Mm, ground up some herbs, set them on fire, made him breathe the smoke. Nope, that's a good <laughs> guess. Uh, burnt his wife on the stake. <laughs> that's how what they did. That's exactly what they did. No, no, that's not what they did. They put leeches on his eyeballs. Ooh. They put leeches on his fucking eyeballs. That's what they thought. Would, and we talked in an earlier episode about how it's so easy with 2020 vision to look back at the past and go, well, I mean, yeah, we know all this stuff now, but I swear to fucking God, at any point, if someone thought, let's put this blood-sucking yeah, but slug I, on their I, fucking I, eyes. I completely agree with you, but at the same time, they were so dumb back then and everything. It's like his eyes don't hit. You know what we need to do is suck the don't hits out of his eyes. <laughs> so, so what yeah. sucks things out of things? Right. Leeches. Yeah. So if you put leeches on his eyes, they'll start sucking. And what else are they gonna suck but the don't hits out of his eyes? Then you're left with nothing but hits. Well, <laughs> all right, you've convinced me. That's all it took to yeah. convince any of them back then. I know, but I'm it's... sure I'm paraphrasing. They didn't say it exactly. The fucking apothecary didn't say it exactly <laughs> like that. But like you know, pretty close. Yeah. Did you also know Trey that he was Britain's longest reigning king? No, it what? is true. He was Britain's longest reigning king. King, king. not queens. Okay. Not queen. All right. King George III is the longest reigning of Britain's kings, though both Queens Victoria and Elizabeth II celebrated diamond jubilees in commemoration of 60 years on the throne. George III died nine months short of his anniversary on uh, 29th of January, 1820. So as a king, he is the longest reigning monarch. He also is the motherfucker that turned Buckingham House Mm-hmm. Fuck a house. House don't hurt. Into Buckingham Palace. You know what we need? A palace. A palace. I'm a fucking king. What am I doing living in a house? You goddamn Buckingham right. Buckingham House? This shit ain't even a manor. Mm-mm. Fuck a manor. Palace, bitch. Palace. Make this a palace. In 1761, 
George III purchased Buckingham House as a private residence for Queen Charlotte close to court functions at St. James Place. Queen Victoria was the first monarch to take up residence there. The building is now known as Buckingham Palace, and it remains the primary residence of George III's great, 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 great granddaughter, Queen Elizabeth II. I'll be honest with you, I'm kind of almost surprised that it's great, 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 great. Yeah, right. Really? Because of how old they are. Yeah, because yeah. of how old she is and everything, and how old he was. It's like because you know that thing like we had that president John Tyler. Yeah, who still has a grandchild. A grandchild. He yeah. had two grandchildren, but one of them died. But John Tyler, who was a U.S. president in like the early 1800s or something like that, yeah. has a living grandchild. So I'm kind of surprised it's that many greats. No, but that's actually, still wild. I'm kind of with you on that. So. George III. But her dad died young and everything, so. Yeah, he did. I mean, that was in, he died in like 53 yeah. or and he something. Wasn't, like he that. wasn't old or nothing, so. I want to do an episode on him. I would yeah. like to I would like to also just do a, a, a watch along of the King's speech, mm-hmm. which has Jeffrey Rush ever done anything that, that was. didn't hit? No, not to my knowledge. Think about this. Best pirate ever In my opinion. He's the best part of Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, dude. And Johnny Depp murders. Yeah. But, like, Jeffrey Rush doesn't get, like... What's his character in that? Uh, Barbarossa. Bro, that motherfucker. Yeah. Dude. Best start believing ghost stories. So... You're in one. So, George III loses America. Uh, There's the Declaration of Independence, where, like I said, there were 27 charges against him, and only two of which people say are actually true... Uh, is that, yeah, he was, you know, trying to raise taxes and shit, but all this other shit, like, he was actually a pretty decent fella. Like, he liked everybody over there, and they just didn't want to do his bullshit. When he loses America, he writes a speech, and I would like to read that speech. Okay. That's okay with you. Would you like me to read it in my voice? No. Or, or as George? Yeah. Okay. How would George III talk, you think? I hear decree. <laughs> okay. That- um, okay. This is a letter on the loss of America written in the, eight, the 1780s by George III. America is lost. Just must like we <laughs> must we fall beneath the blow? Oh, have we resources that may repair the mischief? What are those resources? Should they be sought in distant regions held by precarious tenure, or shall we seek them at home in the exertions of a new policy? The situation of the kingdom is novel. The policy that is to govern it must be novel likewise, of neither adapted to the real evils of the present moment or the dreaded ones of the future. For a century past, the colonial scheme has been the system that has guided the administration of the British government. It was thoroughly known. This is really hard. <laughs> You're hitting. In, where am I? It was thoroughly known that from every country there always exists an active immigration of unsettled, disconcerted, or unfortunate people who, failing their endeavors to live at home, hope to succeed better where there is more employment suitable to their poverty. The establishment of the colonies in America might probably increase the number of this class, but did not create it. In times anterior to that great speculation, Poland 
contained near 10,000 Scotch peddlers within the la- I haven't considered that there might be a racial slur in here. Um, Scotch peddlers within the last 30 years, not above 100, occasioned by America offering a more advantageous asylum for them. A people spread over an immense tract of fertile land, industrious because free and rich because industrious, presently became a market for manufacturers and commerce of the mother country. An importance was soon generated from which its origin to the late conflict was mischievous to Britain because it created an expanse of blood and treasure worth more at this instance. It could be at our command than all we ever received from America. The wars of 1744, 1756, and 1775 were all entered into from encouragements given to the speculations of settling the wilds of North America. It is to be hoped that by degrees it will be admitted that the northern colonies, that is the north of tobacco, were in reality our very successful rivals in two articles, the carrying freight trade, the Newfoundland fishery, while the sugar colonies added above three millions a year to the wealth of Britain, the rice colonies near a million. I lost my place. And the tobacco ones were almost as much, those more to the north so far, adding anything to our wealth as colonies were trading, fishing, farming countries that rivaled us in many branches of our industry and had actually deprived us of no inconcernable share of our wealth we reaped by means of others. The East and the West Indies are conceived to be the most great commercial supports of the empire. As to the Newfoundland fishery, time must tell what we share and we shall reserve of it. It evidently appears that from this slight review of our most important (laughs) dependencies, that on them we are not to exert that new policy which alone can be the preservation of the British power and consequence. The more important they are already, the less they are fit instruments in that work. No man can be hardly enough to deny that they are insecure to add therefore to their value by exertions of policy which shall have the effect of directing any stream of capital, industry of population into the channels would be to add to a disproportion already of an evil the more we are convinced of vast importance of those territories, the more we must feel the insecurity of our power, our view, therefore, ought not to be to increase, but to preserve them. And it didn't work. I'm going to stop making fun of them for being dumb. I'll tell you what, fucking, like, in the past. like, yeah, uh, like hard-hitting speech. Yeah, right. Well, I'm saying it's like, it's wild, because all the things they did, it's wild to me that the same dude who wrote that speech or even gave it let leeches be put on his <laughs> I know, eyeballs. I know. You know I what know. I mean? It's like That's it's wild. The it's like, they're, like the way they talked, if you any of that shit, you go back to the way they talked back in the day, and it's like 
people don't talk like that anymore, you know, or whatever. Right. And I, that's a speech. I get that. But I'm saying, but you couple that with they was putting leeches on eyeballs and it's wild. It's like they was both smart and dumb at the same time. But so he was, was he basically saying like, we open up these other avenues for people to seek a better life, right? They go there, they seek a better life. Resources are vast. They go there, they find a better life, they find the money they can make and everything else, and then we try to oppress them, and it ain't going to hit for them because they see the opportunity they have in front of them because of the the, the resources available. And if we are going to be assholes about it, they're going to push back on us, so we can't be doing that. The way it reads to me is like a dad who has given his son everything and then the son goes off and does a bunch of shit, and then the, they're just, like, putting the dad in a home. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where it's like, did you not know what I fucking did for you? What the yeah. fuck is your problem? Like, yes, I ask you for taxes because you're us. Right. Like, we, this is, you're our country. I am the one who colonized this fucking place. Like, you are there because I went there. Mm-hmm. And now you trying to give me shit? Motherfucker, that's my house. Are you shitting me? That's how it reads to me. Yeah. But we did that shit. Yeah. Well, you know, it ought to have been some representation if it's going to be taxation. That's all I know. I could not agree. Also, they stamps didn't hit. The Stamp no, Act. Stamp, no. Stamp Act, that didn't hit. No, again. And it- <laughs> And, <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember the details of what the stamp act was. Yeah. I just remember it was, uh, that yeah. didn't hit. Stamps didn't mm-hmm. hit. <laughs> oh, fuck stamps. Fuck stamps, dude. Well, to wrap up, yes, the motherfucker had fifteen kids, so that's mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. And then he died at Windsor Castle on January 29th, eighteen twenty, after a reign of almost sixty years. The third. Wait, hold on. Now this is the third longest in British history, motherfucker. You said the first. Mad at his phone. <sighs> Motherfucker. His phone told you one thing and told you Misinf- another. Misinformation. But I'll read, I'll read this. This like, So I've read this shit about this. But George, he was the... When you read the Declaration of Independence and they talk about the tyrant, they didn't say George III. He was the tyrant. You know what I'm saying? George III's reign was marked by dramatic military conflicts, including the American War of Independence, which culminated in the loss of Britain's American colonies. The colonies declared their independence in 1776, up top, <laughs> listing 27 grievances against the British rule, which I said only two of them motherfuckers they actually had right, you know, to do. Uh, the motherfucker ends up dying. Uh, he was depressed. Uh, he didn't hit. <laughs> Uh, he died at Windsor Castle, and uh, yeah, as George the Third. All right, was sad, got wrecked, didn't hit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But hold on for two seconds. I would like to say just this, and it's a sad note to leave on. He was depressed, but back then they didn't know what that was. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They called him the Mad King. The man had true mental issues that he was trying to work through so I could understand why it pissed him off when we threw his tea. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, but we had to do what we had to do. You know what I'm saying? I agree. Up top. Up top. Go America. Fuck them. Handing them that L. Mm Mm-hmm. Take that L, England. All right. 
Thank you all very much. Like, subscribe, tell your mama and them. I'll leave that. a five-star five star review. review. Takes you two seconds. It means That's the world right. to us. Yes. And yeah, whether you watching or not watching or listening, either way, go and subscribe on the podcast app and the YouTube channel. Make a hit for us. It means a lot to us. It's very easy for you to do. So yeah, we appreciate you. And here's uh clearing the airs. Yeah, now time for another rendition of clearing the air. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Royalty and rednecks are alike. They both like cutting and picking fights. Biscuits and baked beans where they don't belong. Sit on down with Corey and Trey and learn some fancy shit. Today we'll laugh a little even when they're wrong. They'll take you to a magical place where if you call someone a cut, nobody cares. They keep it debonair at putting on airs, putting on airs, putting on airs, putting on airs. Hi, Trey. Hey, Corey. Hey, Airheads. I didn't fart. No, you didn't fart. Well, I'm not, you know, right in your butt. My face is not in your butt, so why would you fart? Uh... Yeah, time to clear the airs. First things first, uh, Dr. Seuss was Jewish, so would like to rescind, <laughs> like to rescind that little section of the podcast, if y'all don't mind. It's another, so y'all have just listened to the whole show, so you know what I'm talking about. There's a point in the middle where somehow Dr. Seuss gets brought up, and then Corey speculates. He goes, he hated Jews, he hated Jews, didn't he? And I <laughs> oh, I'm like, the one that said it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, you're, you asked the question, but you asked yeah, it, right. you, and you asked it in the style of again. You were like, "He hated Jews, right?" And I was <laughs> like, "Doctor Seuss, I don't know. I know he hated Japanese. Maybe it was Chinese. He hated something <laughs> like that." Which, like that. So, okay, I've got a couple of things to say about this. First of all, the Asian hate part of it is that's wrapped up in that whole Doctor Seuss getting canceled thing recently because mm -hmm. he had books where. Asians were depicted in a horrifically caricatured way in like a propaganda poster type mm -hmm. way because this is like the 40s in America and we're at war with the Japanese or whatever. And, right. you know, we've all seen how do they used to draw Asian Bugs people. Bunny did it too, yeah. Yeah, I, dude, everybody was doing it back then. You know, fucking the Japanese is not here for us uh, on yeah, account right. of war and stuff. Mm -hmm. So he has books that are absolutely racist towards Asians. Some of those books got removed from print, which causes the conservatives to be like, oh, you can't even hate the Japs anymore? What the fuck? I thought this was America, you know? <laughs> Canceling Dr. Seuss now. <laughs> you know, that, that's how they were. That's what they said. They got upset about it. So that's where all that came from. And then the Walt Disney, he reportedly, he didn't, Jews did not have for him. Also, I knew Henry that, Ford, yeah. Henry Ford, Jews did not have for these guys are all around at the same time, whatever, so we're speculating. But but the other thing I want to say about this is this is another one of those examples that I've brought up before because it happens every fucking week mm -hmm. where I go back and listen to the episode <laughs> for the first time since we recorded it weeks, months ago at this point for these purposes. And every week there's at least one point, and this week it was that point, it was the Dr. Seuss thing, where present day me hears past us yeah saying something and in my head i'm like fucking what what, what are the fuck about? are you talking about <laughs> like i'm literally like yelling at my old self like dr seuss is jewish what <laughs> the fuck are you talking about and it's like 
somehow present me always knows. Yeah. And past me never, never knew. Never, never. know, and I don't understand because I'm the same person. It's not like I've looked anything up in the interim, you know. Yeah, right. But yeah, I'm just saying I googled it to make sure. But again, I immediately as soon as it came up, present me was like, "What, Doctor Seuss is Jewish? Why? What the <laughs> fuck are you?" And then you I just I, let I, me I, get away with I, it. I was like, "Is is that?" And I pulled my phone out and googled it, and yes, Theodore Geisel, okay, Doctor Seuss was 100 percent Jewish, and now, so presumably no, did not. Hate the Jews as as we opined in this episode of our ridiculous program. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, that's the main thing I wanted to clear the air on. Listening back for my section, uh, present me doesn't know anything different. I'm certain that we're going to get some emails at puttingonairs at gmail.com telling me how very, very wrong I was about King George III. But I will tell you this. What I thought was awesome, we did not do it on purpose that we did the King George the Third episode the week of Fourth of July, but that's right. pretty cool. We did not. We just kind of keep running into some coincidences I was about to say, it's like weird. that. That's like I can't remember the other ones right now, but this is at least the third or fourth time that's yeah. happened where the episode yeah. was re- like the one you talked about. The Queen was the week of the Jubilee. Mm-hmm. That was one of them, and there was definitely another one too. Where the episode just happened to align with whatever was going on in the world. Well, yeah, we're not we're not picking to put these out because no. of stuff like that. It's just happening. So there was the one cool. where um, this is completely different than an episode, but we did promos where we talked with our butts, and yeah. we filmed those, and I put it out, and that day. Prince Harry was photographed doing the Ace Ventura thing with his butt to a photographer. Yeah. Like, I'm just saying, like, we've got our finger on the pulse somehow, and we're sure. not doing it on on purpose. But like I said, I listened back, and past me seems to... I would say that past me is just as dumb as present me, is mm-hmm. basically that, because I know for a fact I got some stuff wrong. I've since seen the movie... The madness of King George, but it is a very, you know, uh, comically fictionalized uh, account of his life. But I would uh, like to recommend that to not only you, but everybody. It is hilarious. It was based on a stage play. And uh, I just happened to come across it on Amazon. I was like, oh, this will be whatever. Helen Mirren plays the the queen um, as she just stay doing a uh, different queen. But like she just if there's a queen to be played, Helen Mirren's going to do it. Yeah. Um, but I then looked the movie up, and it's like it's like ranked number two on Britain's greatest comedy movies of all time. So like it's it's a worth your while, a very fun romp. As I love they a romp. Were. I'm a big fan of a romp. I like a farce. Farce mm-hmm. is fun. Farce. What are some other ones I like? A romp, a farce, a um. That's about it. I like some hijinks. You know, mm-hmm. hijinks. Monkey yeah. shines. Monkey <laughs> chicanery. <laughs> Like is Monkey stuff. Shines one of those things that we don't know but is racist? God, I hope not. I don't know. Did we talk about that? Because I feel like I referred to us on the show as Monkey Shine. Mm-hmm. It was when we were talking about japeries. Yeah, which you know, also sounds like, racist. You're like, what are japeries? And you said that. You said japeries mm-hmm. sounds racist. And I'm pretty sure I brought up Monkey Shines. And I can't remember if we talked about whether it was racist or not. But... uh just means mischievous or playful activity. Okay. Um, I not. Let's see here. First known use, circa eighteen thirty-two, as used in the present day meaning of it. So, I don't know. 
I'm not saying mm-hmm. that's right. It's just I hope it's not because, you know, I like to, I clearly like to throw it out every now and then. Well, do you want to get to some airmail, Trey? Uh, hang on. Yeah, I'm just, I'm still looking it up here. God damn it. Hang on a second. Is it racist? I don't know. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, it is, isn't it? <laughs> hang on. Hang on. So I, found I this, knew it. found this question. You know, somebody, this is just on Quora, which is like a website where people go and ask questions they want answers to. I've found it before when I ask questions I want answers to. This person seems to have sources, but I'm just saying this is where I'm finding it. it and the question is, is monkey shines considered a racist word? And this person responds, says, well, I certainly didn't think so. But like many phrases we don't think twice about, it does have some sketchy origins. Mm-hmm. It means mischief, and that on its own is totally fine, not problematic at all. The origins of the phrase are allegedly as follows. It first appeared in 1828 in a song by Thomas Daddy Rice. Oh, a, yeah. A popular, TDR. a popular white comedian who performed in, you guessed it, blackface. In the song called Jump Jim Crow, Rice sings and dances as an old plantation slave. I cut so many monkey shines, I danced the gallopade. The gallop or gallopade was a 19th century (laughs) dance. The song also gave us the term Jim Crow for segregation and other discrimination against African-Americans. This is almost making me find this more dubious because I, but anyway, but the use of the word shine is an abusive term for a black person may have nothing to do with this song. That usage didn't appear in print. And monkey. Sure. The usage didn't appear in print until the early 20th century. Well, after the song's heyday, according to the Oxford English dictionary, a little more in depth and from a black perspective, Black people purposefully acting a fool in front of or pandering to white folks. I heard an African-American comic talk about being criticized by members of his race for cutting monkey shines in front of white people, meaning, as I understood it, acting all jolly in a manner that would please the white folks or acting a fool, pandering, I guess you could call it. Mm -hmm. According to this, it's related to the term cut a shine. Like cutting monkey shines or cutting a shine are the same thing, and according to this means the definition that I just gave for it. So if all that's true, then, you know, goddamn. <laughs> Dude, I'm Strike telling you. another one off the list, every... I guess. But is there even going to be a list left? I mean, fucking everything. It's like everything has a racist origin because it's like, I know, you know, man, that's just our that's just, whole culture right. and society. The world's racist. <laughs> the world yeah, is racist. The, yeah. So yeah, everything either is racist or was racist at one point. Anyway, yeah, let's do some airmail. Yeah, I'm so glad Rest that I brought that Rest in peace, monkey shine. Monkey shine. <laughs> oh, my God. This is from uh, Ben Taylor, and the subject line is fancy slash poor people shit suggestion. Uh, booze, they say, which we've done one. Uh, we have done one. I'm not sure if you saw the episode, uh, Ben, but I'll read the, the email here. In Australia, we have a pretty... Yeah, it is literally he's asking about wine. The most expensive bottles going for around $40,000. That's almost most is the cost of a broken ankle in the United States. Nice. That's uh, true. We also, we also have pretty good wine that comes in a box. Okay, so... Uh, yeah, we've done this episode. You can find that in the archives. I can't remember what number it is, but we have definitely It was definitely pretty early about- on, I think. I think it was pretty early on in the goings. Yeah, it was. He says here also, P.S., 
please adopt the derogatory term wanker. I'm yet to hear an American use this word. You owe me. All my friends think I'm weird when I say something hits, <laughs> by the way. Uh, I love that last part. We've used wanker, haven't we? I don't know. I mean, I do, this is inside uh, baseball, but on that thing we're working on, I wrote something recently and I sent yeah. you a picture of it where I used the term wanker uh, yeah. as part of like a joke. But I do think I've thought oh. I've thought before that adopting some of that slang, but not doing it in their accent, but doing it in our accent that right. it might hit. So wanker, know, wanker, yeah, motherfucker. What if we total did... wanker that guy? Now this is this is going to be a little difficult, but I think we can still pull it off. Um, just because we record these in bulk and they're not, you know, current. What if you know how on skews you do daily dumbass or weekly dumbass? Yeah. What if we did like wanker of the day? Would had a little, you know, where we find a dumb uh, a British, Australian, or French, or what, you know, one of them over there that did something stupid because it could also serve to get the word wanker in there, but also serve to show that look they got stupid people too which would really help from our perspective i'm into that i'm let's table that currently yeah. yeah we can table it i'm currently having a little prop trouble tracking the sort of like what, what are these all fancy wankers because normally mm. if you're only looking for wanker activity like in this country i'd say if you're if, if, florida it, right exactly that's what i was gonna say you, that you're talking about like florida man headlines we'll do or fancy whatever. Wankers. those people are never almost never fancy because fancy yeah. people they do wanker shit but then it gets covered yeah. up but like prince andrew he's <laughs> like, a yeah right prince yeah. andrew so a we wanker. don't find out about it because they yeah, pay right. people off and so well that's no the challenge but Right. That's the challenge. It has to be a rich person doing something stupid, and that'll be the wanker of the day. Okay. So we're going to table that. We'll get some graphics. So thank you so much uh, for that, and much love to you in Australia. That's so cool to see that putting on airs is, I mean, God dang, son. We're we're all across the place, ain't we? Um, this is from Eugene Johnson. The subject line is pugilist Eugene Bullard. Good day, gentlemen. I watched your most recent episode the other day. Lord Pickle is hilarious. Hard agree. Um, Y'all mentioned about doing a future show on Pugilist. Yeah. I'm hoping you could mention one, Eugene Bullard, on that one, or in the airmail at least. Around 1908, Eugene Bullard, a young black child, really ran away from home in Columbus, Georgia, and found his way to England after a few years where he became a successful boxer. He scheduled a bout in France where he wanted to be when he ran away and stayed after his fight there. World War I broke out, and he fought for France and became a fighter pilot after being wounded in the Battle of the Somme. That's S-O-M-M-E uh -huh. is Somme, right? I think. Um, after the war, he ran nightclubs until World War II. He's, thought, he's fought his way out of France and uh, wound up as an elevator operator in New York. Well, Eugene uh, Bullard sounds like he hits for me, and I definitely want us to do a pugilist episode. That's well, a good no, one. I mean, it's already it's happening. Uh yeah right we already recorded one there will be oh we did yes it's so funny <laughs> here's what's so funny about this okay what he's responding to right there uh -huh. is in the episode that he's talking about you say I make a joke about like oi 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 something oi, like that oi, oi. and yeah, you right. were like hey. We should do an episode about that. And uh -huh. I tell you in the episode, don't worry. 
I'm going to. And you're like, oh, for real? And I was like, yeah, it's going to be one of the next couple episodes. And you were like, pugilist? And I was like, yeah, pugilist. Yes. <laughs> and that's what he's responding to. And so in mm-hmm. reading that, you were like, that would hit. We should do that. <laughs> We've well, since then recorded the pugilist <laughs> episode. <laughs> And it's in the hopper. It's probably next week or the week after. It's got to be coming up soon. But I'm glad you read that, though, because he said at least in airmail, because obviously I can't cover the guy in the episode since I've already recorded it. And I didn't bring him up, but I did talk about the people who fit that sort of the idea of uh, these uh, uh, Black people sort of escaping that era of the South and ended up as these hidden pugilists in Britain was a thing. He wasn't, he was far from the only one. That was a whole thing. And I do right. talk about that in the episode. I just don't mention him specifically. So yeah, shout out to Eugene Bullard. But the way that all just played out was very <laughs> raven and funny. Uh, well, for me. you thought Dr. Seuss hated Jews. So, uh, <laughs> this is from Andy Hess, subject line Nero. Hey, fellas, another resident angry historian here. Just wanted, to, just wanted to offer a minor correction about Nero. Nero did not fiddle while Rome burned because there was no fiddles at the time. The current iteration of the fiddle wasn't invented until the 16th century, and the predecessor didn't come around until Nero had been dead for nearly 1,100 years. Might have been a liar or a cathara. First off, I'm pretty sure you that did. we said that. You did. And then we say, joked about it being a fiddle. I think people, I think some of these people, they hear, hear something it, that riles them up, and, and then, then they, they just black out after that or yeah, something. Yeah, right. Because, like... Yeah, 100%. You said yeah. all of that. You said it yeah. wasn't a fiddle. It was a, you said it was a liar, which was like, you definitely said all yeah, of that. Yeah, I made a fiddle joke. And so I did too. I, ca- I, yeah, I right. called him like a fiddling some bitch or something like that multiple yeah, right. times. But then when you got to that part of the story, you totally clarified that it was not actually yeah, right. a fiddle, that it was a liar. If it was anything like you definitely covered all that for sure. So now nah, I'm, I'm not, not angry at this guy. I'm just saying. right. No, no, for sure. But I think it's, it really is like they hear it the first time they, they start writing their email and <laughs> yeah, they're right. not listening. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, so the, like we we're probably going to get some emails about Dr. Seuss being Jewish from this episode, you know, yeah. even though lighter, you know, at this part, we clarify that. This is, this is really funny. Cause we, we only got one email about it, but I did something that I really shouldn't do, um, which is I went and read the comments on YouTube from last week's episode. And I got to tell you, uh, it is a little bit different. Reading Putting On Air's comments, I've, ne- I've literally never seen one that was negative, which is really cool. We've got really good fans, and I guess they're there to have fun. And if somebody hated it, they would just you know not tune in. But we got one email about this. Apparently, me and you could not... The, the the term biological child escaped us like we were we were talking yeah. about bastards yeah and and like illegitimate children and me and you couldn't figure out what it was that you called one when it weren't that and yeah. and every comment on youtube was like it's biological you dumb motherfuckers yeah. <laughs> and so like so and when i when i saw the first one i was like i thought what you just said which was like surely they heard something and then just started writing and like no, but no, no it was everybody there. that was like that was like are y'all trying to say biological kids yeah and i think i think at one point they're like y'all were saying you know uh when it's that but it ain't that <laughs> 
and uh you know like when no when you hit and yeah. when it don't but that don't hit and, and there and just dude i'm not kidding 50 comments of people going dude, it's biological dude, you dumb fuck what's funny about that is i have to admit the thing i said earlier like present me while listening yeah. to that episode Still did not come up with that. Like, right. that, for some reason, even present May, I was like, damn, what do you call it? So, yeah. yeah. Y'all quit asking us to run for office, <laughs> please. Uh, so, on that note, last email here from Jana Paddock, Padcock, uh, subject line illegitimate. My beloved granny would refer to illegitimate children as born on the wrong side of the blanket. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I believe legitimate refers to lawful heirs to property. Yeah. Love y'all uh, from Missouri, Jana. So there you go. There's the airmail. We're idiots and uh-huh. don't know what the term biological is. It's funny. Uh, it, this was we landed on this so early, and this is like the most necessary segment of any podcast out there. I think without clearing question. the airs because it's like every it's, week there's something, or it's like, well, listen, let us explain. And yep. then even then we missed stuff and can't get told. And so like, and yeah, frankly, it feels very I'm necessary glad to, to me. I'm glad that we have it just as an excuse to hear from people. Cause I love reading right. the emails. Uh, I try to respond to as many as I can, but frankly, we li- I'm not kidding. We get hundreds as soon as the episode drops and I'm not able to respond to all of them. I'm not able to read all of them. I just go through there and pick and choose. Uh, it doesn't mean that your email eventually won't get read, but we do appreciate everybody for sending them. And if you don't remember, you can send them to puttingonairs at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Suggestions, corrections, uh, just sweet little notes. Tell us to go fuck ourselves. We deserve it. It don't matter to me. Uh, also, if you haven't, subs- if you're watching this on YouTube, that's great. But if you could also do us a favor, go subscribe on whatever podcast app you use. Click that follow on YouTube. Leave us a five-star review. It takes you two seconds but it super, super helps us out. And tell your friends, because if you like putting on airs, I bet you someone you have a lot in common with will like it too. Yeah, hits. Love y'all. Skew. Skew.